0: Welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby-Lubitz. Very happy to have you with us here on uh, NoFilter.net once again. And uh, I suppose, uh, unfortunately, that we should start right out in the graveyard, Mike Luby-Lubitz, because it was Burial City for the team that we had, uh, that we were rooting for in the baseball playoffs. Went out uh, in a whimperish-type fashion. It's Gary Gilmore time, huh? (laughs) <laughs> give me a blindfold please uh warden and the last drag on a cigarette
1: Fucking Marlins,
0: <laughs> 50 to 1. and uh we, we were trying to encourage people to uh maybe consider taking that 50 to 1 price on the marlins to win the world series and then they were 18 to 1 to uh win the national league pennant uh they are doing none of that uh, at, at this stage although a remarkable season that we followed uh very closely Because we had thrown in the towel any number of times. I mean, we were giving them a standing eight count as recently as a month ago. Six, seven, eight. It was Richard Steele time. Step in and stop it. Stop your hopes. Stop your dreams. Crushed them like a grape. And uh, they made their way. They fought their way into the uh, postseason, but ran into the Philadelphia Phillies, who have been a hot team, and uh, bring up a a very interesting uh, idea about, uh, you know, how how front offices can just uh, fuck up a wet dream. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it happened. I mean, you have to track this back now. Well, what we're talking about, I, I'm a big fan, uh, Louis, as you know, uh, of the uh, late, great Earl Weaver, who managed by gut instinct, and people would say, what? You are going to put Lowenstein out in left field? He goes, well, you know, and he's three for five against this guy, so we had a little bit of Bill James in him also. Yeah. A little baseball abstract. Uh, this was the early version. I mean, it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, the old days where you used to meet a woman in a bar, and she would actually write her phone number on a napkin and yep. you would save the napkin yep. as to, uh, opposed to, you know, she already had condemned you as an asshole on social media before you even left the place. That, that's that's <laughs> the way it is today. <laughs> and Earl, you know, he had this written down on his sleeve like he was Al Michaels calling that hockey game in the 1980 Olympics there. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah, I got it write. Yeah, that was do you believe in miracles? <laughs> you know he wrote that down at lunchtime. Uh, anyway, uh, it was, uh, you know, one of those things where, you know, we, we thought maybe we were in there with a little bit of a shot. And uh, I, I, I always revert back to this. You know, here is Weaver, and, and he would manage my gut instinct. And you're thinking the, the Sabre metrics and these analytics uh, just really are, are destroying franchises and organizations. And the perfect example is uh, the New York Mets. And the reason I bring them up is because I think we might have touched on this uh, earlier this week where the Mets have a pitching staff that is so good, so rich, so deep in talent. They have Matt Harvey, the fair-haired boy. When he pitched in New York, it, it was like Fernando Mania had gone to the East Coast. The whole city was abuzz. People on subways, uh, you know, they, they were waking up homeless people, and the guy would look up and go, uh, is Harvey pitching today? And they, all of a sudden, he plug in a, you know, turn on a little transistor radio, start listening to the game there. There we are at City Field, and I tell you what, it's a good crowd on hand. Yep. And Harvey. And and where is he today? I think he's pitching in Guatemala somewhere. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) Got the big money, got hurt, took a little bit of a playboy approach to things. I mean, he was like Aaron Rodgers without the darkness. Maybe maybe even he might have been inclined to join Aaron out there on one of those uh, darkness retreats. Matt Harvey, uh, you know, he he seemed to, uh, was it Edelman, Julian Edelman that he ended up having a big fight with? Because uh, they were, uh, you know, both uh, oh. attracted to the same uh, model who was destroying the entire world was of sports.
1: Yeah, the, the, was it uh, Alexandra? The, what was her name? I loved her. She was great.
0: Hot. Yeah, no, smoking hot, man. And She was all over Matt Harvey at a boxing match at the Barclays yeah. Center. And the next day, she was at a party with Edelman. It was incredible. <laughs> Harvey was destroyed. I remember he didn't show up for a game. Everybody was like, uh, what happened, man? He showed up like drunk for a ball game there. You would have thought... But, uh, you know, he, he was Bob Murphy back in the day. He just, uh, well, I think I'll have a little nip here before we call the game. What a day for a ball game. There's a lion drive. <laughs> right, so so he was on the staff. Uh, you had uh, Jacob deGrom, the human injury. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, great pitcher when he's, uh, you know, out there on the mound. Uh, very, very dynamic. Who can hit this guy, right? Nobody. He's, uh, you know, Goose Gossage, Mariano Rivera, and, uh, you know, any, any great, hard thrower that you have, flame thrower that you've ever seen. He's freaking Tom Seaver, this guy. Yep. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, you know, it doesn't get uh, to play much. And uh, here he is now. He's like a a huge liability financially for the Texas Rangers, who somehow overcame all of that and made their way into the second round. But DeGrom, uh, you know, you would have to say uh, the Mets' uh, commitment to Jacob DeGrom turned out to be uh, largely misguided. Then and they had uh Stephen Matz and, and where yeah, Degrom is uh, gonna be on the permanently uh, unable to perform list uh, I mean pretty soon here. What what is he out with this like seventh Tommy John? Yeah. <laughs> he, he may as well just change his name to Tommy John. <laughs> 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 Become a left-hander and start throwing that slop after the surgery. Ah, my elbow, it's good, but it's uh, not the same. Um they had Stephen Matz, who was the fair-haired boy uh, uh, over Long Island, and he grew up there. He was the hometown uh, kid, and everybody thought that he was going to be the best of them all, possibly. And uh, I think he's the last time. Did you see Stephen Matz? Was he on some some wrestling show out of the Midwest that I picked up on the satellite the other day? I think he, he's become like a tag team wrestler, uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> long since gone from the Mets rotation. And then. Noah Syndergaard, I remember going to a spring training game, Syndergaard pitched an inning. I said, that that guy is unhittable. He's untouchable. He's all Elliot Ness. And it looked like he was going to be just an outrageously, I mean, even eclipsing Harvey in popularity in New York. And he's become essentially a baseball journeyman and is doing what Harvey did at the end of his career, where he signs maybe late in the season with the Cincinnati Reds, uh, goes uh, one and five. Yep. With an earned run average, that looks like a blood alcohol level of it. It says you
1: Matt's of- on the Cardinals, by the way. So that shows you how relevant he is. We had no clue what team he was on.
0: No, I mean, it's not like he, uh, you know, made you forget about Bob Gibson. That's for sure. <laughs> Plus, we're being facetious about the whole thing. Because the point being that here's a team that has all these uh, analytic guys and sabermetric guys and, and you know, a, a deep-rooted mathematical understanding of everything that goes into making a ball player But what they're missing is the Earl Weaver gut instinct about a player. And they let Zach Wheeler go. They deemed him to be expendable. Yeah. And what is Zach Wheeler doing but powering the Philadelphia Phillies uh, to the World Series last year and and now into the divisional round of the playoffs? Well, they'll take on the Atlanta Braves again in the postseason, in the second round, after crushing the dreams of our uh, Miami Marlins. Couldn't help but think Cinderella man there. And we've had a Cinderella-like year here in South Florida sports. So, Luby, I mean, unprecedented. And uh, likely never to happen again, a- and we've sort of talked about it where all of the teams, both on the pro and the college level, have done things that would deem to be impossible in-, in any number of seasons, much less all in the same season and yet yep. there's a big fat round number on the scoreboard here. we still have a total of zero championships that uh, we've been able to accomplish here uh, in Woo! the area. People die in fairy tales too. I'm thinking Cinderella man, uh, Max Bear, He's talking to James J. Uh, they There, uh, you know, is uh, Mrs. Brannock uh, standing there. Uh, she's all concerned uh, as, uh, you know, she she should be that uh, this guy's about to get killed. And uh, he just whispers in her ear, uh, people die in fairy tales too. <laughs> and, and that's what's been happening to us uh, here. So I, I don't know that it wasn't anticipated. You, my friend, were extremely pessimistic yesterday and correctly predicted that the Marlins were going down in flames yeah. in that ball game, And then you gave out your lock of the century, which was great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at what level of sickness are you as a degenerate people if you're uh, thinking, you know what I like tonight? I like Florida International University. <laughs> Who even knew there was a fucking school named Florida International University? Now, we... <laughs> We happen to be friendly with the coach there. He used to coach at Colorado. Where he has an accomplished uh, college uh, and pro resume. He's been in the pros also as an assistant. Mike McIntyre is the guy's name. Yeah. And uh, he, he convinced me at his introductory press conference, which is normally, what, the biggest crock of shit? Aside <laughs> from <laughs> the NFL general manager, there's Jeff Ireland. He's speaking today to the media, uh, and he's going to give you the draft uh, analysis and uh, prognosis for this Dolphins team. Or any team for that matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, every gentleman, biggest bullshit press conference is the pre-draft press conference with the NFL team's general manager or or, uh, representative.
1: Or the (laughs) post-recruiting. You always talk about when a coach talks about the recruiting class. Recruiting class, yeah. bullshit.
0: (laughs) We mentioned it yesterday, right? What what doctors ever come out and said, fuck, I butchered this guy. <laughs> he will never recover. This man will never throw another pitch at any level of baseball again. I mean, his shoulder is completely ruined. I can't believe I, I left the suture uh, in there, and uh, you know, whatever. I mean, never happens, right? It's always well. Uh, things went very well, and uh, if everything goes according to plan, here he should be back in the game in uh, two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, Doctor Vinnie Boombaz. I mean, who are you kidding? Uh, this guy ain't playing again. We know it successful <laughs> shoulder surgery the sportscaster's nightmare but uh, yeah that that's always the uh the uh, bogus press conference uh for sure so uh you know you're asking yourself i mean uh, what can you possibly believe uh, what, what can you you know take What's, away from somebody that's telling you something so generic but but this guy mcintyre convinced me at his introductory press conference where everybody says what luby well uh obviously we have a lot of work to do going to have to get out on the road there. In fact, I have to leave right now. Hey, Joe, you got a sandwich, man? I got to catch an Uber. We're going to Tennessee. Catch that kid there. And they're, they're busy right away. I mean, they're ready to just leap into this. And, uh, and McIntyre was so enthusiastic with Florida International University and that uh, Luby and I actually started requesting him to be on one of our shows 100%. as a regular, and it turns out he's a delightful guy. So there was reason to want to think that they were going to be successful in this spot, but... Mm-hmm. Never bet with your heart, Libby. Never bet <laughs> with your heart. It is a That's kiss true. of death. Yeah. And uh, so, I, I mean, uh, and, and there was some logic to it. Uh, they were in there against New Mexico State. This was uh, your super uh, double-wheel gold seal, uh, sub-platinum play of the century. And uh, you lost it. Well, what do you do when you lose the game of your life? <laughs> you go away. Do you go on living? I mean, I don't mean to suggest anything. But uh, how, how do you come back for that? When you lose the game, I got the game of my life. You're hearing a lot of that on uh, various uh, outlets, are you not? Platforms. I got the game of my life. It's tough, man. Uh, You know, sportscasters, it's like weather people. I've always said this. If you could book the weatherman's action, you would be a rich man today. Even in the simplest of situations, a place like where we live or, or California, where the weather's the same every day. Yes. I mean, essentially, I mean, maybe it evolves a little bit over time. Okay. The temperatures uh, drop down there. Only going to be 107 today here in uh, South Florida. <laughs> it's December, God. 90. It's December. <laughs> you have to start to believe after a while, maybe there's something that's a uh, global warming thing. No. <laughs> a bit. Hurricanes in Palm Springs. Are you <laughs> kidding? Palm Springs, California. The wind's blowing 140 miles an hour. What are you talking about? Exactly. We're not talking about some sandstorm, Louis. You're not in the middle of the Sahara like you were in Morocco. Exactly. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, if you could book the weatherman's action, you'd be a rich man today. And if you could book uh, any sportscaster's action, for the most part, you would have to think you would be a rich man today. That being said, I think we have to come up with a bold prediction about tonight's NFL game <laughs> just to give the people something they hate us more for.
1: <laughs> exactly. i me going to do it again.
0: <laughs> what enticement would it take to get somebody to bet on the Chicago bears? What would you have to give somebody besides five and a half points, which I, you said the line has now climbed to six and a hook.
1: I see. I'm saying I, if it's at eight or eight or more, I wouldn't touch it, but to actually go the other way and bet the bears, I would want like 16. Do I want 20? Like, I feel like I want like three scores at least to really go with the bears.
0: I don't know if this would be desirable, but it seems like it would take like a blowjob from Mike Ditka to get somebody to bet on the Bears. Or maybe the, uh, you know, ability to refuse that.
1: I was going to say an offer. I don't know if I'm accepting that offer. What
0: could you offer somebody? What bookmaker could, I mean, can you imagine these books have to be going crazy? There will be people that bet the Bears and probably end up winning this game. That's that's the strange part. As, uh, you know, you start to realize, hey, uh, I thought we had more money in the bank than that. (laughs) <laughs> so now they're just draining it right out of your uh you know financial uh wherewithal i mean you don't even have access to it anymore I, I think now i have to actually go to like one of these betting sites to be able to make a withdrawal i don't have any money in the bank it's all <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. it's all there right hey fandor can i have some of my money back uh the commanders though i mean not exactly a team that that you're saying uh we, we are big fans of ron rivera's uh he, he was in there took uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to overtime. The Eagles are uh, considered to be one of the better teams, top three teams in the National Football League, uh, along with Kansas City and the 49ers. And uh, yet, I mean, they haven't been overwhelming this year, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they're they are winning their games. They're 4-0. Oh, and yeah. yeah. But uh, it isn't like you're looking at them going, my God, who's going to beat these guys? No. Uh, this is not uh, some team that appears to be uh, monstrous and headed directly uh, to the uh, Super Bowl and a return visit there where they trying to make amends for what was an ugly performance in the second half last year. That was great, man, when all those Philadelphia Eagle fans – there were cheesesteaks in the pool there at Harris in Atlantic City. People were just firing cheesesteaks at each other, and they're all wearing Eagles uniforms. My bunny and I have a little taste on Kansas City on the money line, and we keep uh, screaming, money line! With every successive play in the fourth quarter, when it became apparent that uh, – uh, the uh, Chiefs were going to prevail in that game. Uh, all right, so uh, Ron Rivera, good guy, all right? kind of guy uh, that, that really impressed us with his humility. Well, we've met him a few times on uh, broadcasts from Radio Rose, uh, various Super Bowls, I would say, what, maybe three times?
1: We four times he had on our show with us, yes. Real gentleman,
0: uh, you know, and and somebody that, uh, you know, I don't know, it was Dan Snyder, uh, was he happy to be able to uh, retain this guy? Because, uh, hey, Dan, you know, they got you on the Rooney Rule, too. <laughs> when was the last time you talked to a black guy? It's been a while. <laughs> exactly. So they, they brought him in there, uh, Hispanic descent and, uh, satisfied a uh, little bit of this, uh, you know, quotient that they have, that they're looking to, uh, provide balance. Uh, not sure that it's working out so well, right. When, when you look at the, uh, manifestations of, uh, or lack thereof of any kind of minorities in these coaching positions, but uh, we don't want to get too deeply into that. We we just want to figure out Would you lay six and a hook with the commanders tonight. You say yes. I say yes. yes, And therefore you have your morning briefing burial pick of the century. How did the bears win this game? Uh, Or come within a touchdown. They can't, right? This is twenty-three to ten, and that's twenty-three to ten written all over it, doesn't it?
1: I feel like twenty-one to ten. I, I feel like the Commanders Howell. Okay, the, the way they win is Howell likes to take chances. He's undersized, and so and he likes to chuck it. So if he chucks it enough, maybe they can a couple take a couple back, so they don't have to score on offense. They can score on defense. Yeah, maybe that's how that's how they win. I presume Howell will be smarter than that and just let his defense win the game, and they'll win. You know, like by nine or eleven or twelve, is what I would think.
0: All right, so uh, you're you're going to go ahead and uh, yeah, lay a point. I'm in
1: on the commanders, and I think as long as it stays under eight, I would go commanders.
0: All right, uh, this is the this is the problem here. I mean, uh, too much chalk starts to taste like milk of magnesia, <laughs> and then you get that sickening feeling that uh, e- even this form of medication is not working. It's not enough to overturn the uh, bad taste that's left in your mouth when you lose on a backdoor cover by uh, just flailing Chicago bears team that uh, seems to be destined for nothing but darkness this year. And, uh, they somehow come up with a late pick six. That wouldn't even be the case. They, they, they recover a fumble and run it in for a touchdown and get inside of a touchdown and, and end up covering the six uh, six and a half. Um, we'll see. I'm going to go commanders. I'm with you. Libby so uh thank you people uh save your money (laughs) well
1: tomorrow we'll have our handicappers plays we'll bring them here yes uh so we don't they won't need us they'll need actual professionals who know what the hell they're doing so i'll give the i will give an underdog i like washington state the pac-12 is freaking loaded that was a great pick
0: by the professor a couple of weeks ago
1: ucla is good Washington State is better. They're, UCLA's quarterback, Dante Moore, is really good, but he's like a, either a freshman or a redshirt freshman. Cam yeah. Moore's been around a while. He's a, a dark horse for the Heisman. And Washington State has one of those Pac-12 teams that has a really good defense. They're getting three and a hook, and it's rare for a team that good that is the, the ranked team at 13 to get that many points. So I will take Washington State on the road over UCLA getting three and a hook.
0: Yeah, these guys uh, look very impressive against Oregon State, uh, which has that ukulele kid that uh, used to play for Adambo and uh, was replaced uh, and he ends up at oregon state a, a high-flying offense uh you're right pack 12 man it's a shame that this thing is being decimated is it yeah, not? well
1: they're going to kill each other oh yeah it's like our crazy. hopes and dreams
0: yeah with our mileage yesterday wow <laughs> well that was like i don't know if you ever remember that i mean you you weren't much of a fisherman uh, there used to be a fish that we would catch we called it a hacklehead Okay. when we were bottom fishing in New York City, and it was the ugliest fish that you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> this is a species uh, that, uh, you know, even Jacques Cousteau would have puked if, if he had to take a look at this uh, on some reef. Hey, see seen that thing? I mean, ugly, my friend, ugly. And uh, <laughs> that that's that—that's how it will be, uh, you know, uh, for uh, the off season for the Marlins after uh, you know, what we thought was going to be a Cinderella ride. Uh, we're barely, I mean, barely got out of the shoot, huh? One stinking run in the ninth inning yesterday Two games. against the Phillies, and Zach Wheeler. I mean, you would have to think gives him a shot in there in that series against the Braves. If he can, can he get two starts in a five game series? If it goes five, Zach Wheeler.
1: I get all yeah, well, because yeah, guess they go five, yeah.
0: Well, because the Mets thought that they had it, they had it together there with uh, four guys that now are scattered about around the world of life and the game of life, uh, including uh, Steve Matz, yeah. still with the Cardinals. You got to be kidding me. Uh-uh. I think he was signed by Red Shandienst. That's a long time ago, do We're going to let the Mets off the hook. All right. uh, You guys are off the hook for today. That's your morning briefing. Uh, Burial pick of the century. Uh, Commanders tonight laying six and a half uh, against the uh, Chicago Bears. Bears on the road. Bears have been awful. Bears uh, coughed up a giant lead uh, against the Denver Broncos last week. The Broncos were unvictorious and unimpressive and in a total state of disarray. Uh, already uh, steam uh, developing that uh, yeah the Sean Payton's a fraud, honestly. That, and uh, that Russell Wilson uh, may, may be the worst uh, acquisition in the history of sports transactions since the Raiders made Jamarcus Russell the first pick in, in that uh, year's draft. That 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 was an unfortunate bust, but it was it. Not? I, there, there, I guess there have been others, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it appears that the Russell Wilson deal may be uh, one of the worst. Uh, oh, since, uh, you know, the Chief went to the Celtics along with Kevin McHale <laughs> for Joe Barry Carroll. Exactly. I, I guess Brittany Griner for Victor Boot. That, that was a bad basketball.
1: That's trade. pretty
0: bad. a <laughs> <laughs> merchant of death for somebody that's going to average, uh, you know, 17 points a game in the WNBA. I, I don't know. Brett Auerbach isn't pulling the trigger on that one. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot for joining us. For Mike Luby-Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, Great to be with you on NoFilter.net. And we'll see you next time, the next edition, tomorrow's edition, which will be a degenerate edition of The Morning Briefing.